0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 13 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, and as always I'm joined by my good friend Dave. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. What do you are you going to say, as always, if I'm not here?
0: I don't know. Well, <laughs> we, we've yet to run into that I know. problem. It would be a pretty lame I'd have to bring someone else in. Cause you don't want to talk by yourself? Who would I ask all my questions <laughs> no. to? Myself? That would be very uh, self-indulgent and boring for everyone to listen to, I suppose. So... Yeah, we shall cross that bridge when, <laughs> if it ever, but, yeah.
1: if it ever happens. So, I, I have no desire to not be here. I enjoy being here and talking with everybody. So, well,
0: I'm gonna hold you to that. Then good.
1: I'll just if expect... you're sick, I'll just come. <laughs> up. We'll come to the podcast in your bedroom. <laughs> we can do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's episode 13. It's a bit of a short turnaround for us. We're recording a day earlier than usual due to uh,
1: scheduling
0: issues. Yes. Uh, we both have kind of odd work schedules so we're making it work though we're here yes all right follow-up dave
1: i do have follow-up all right um i had a question asked uh reference to our prayer last week um our prayer discussion last week about praying in private or uh, praying in secret and their question was is is what tim tebow does on the field after um a touchdown or a great play or whatever I even think it's called Tebowing. Yes. Uh, how does that fit with what Jesus says uh, about prayer? So, I don't know. Do you have any initial thoughts on that?
0: Um, I think that specifically in Tim Tebow's case, because of what he has said and who he has claimed himself to be? That when Tim Tebow scores the touchdown and kneels down and puts his hand on his forehead and does the quick little prayer, I I genuinely think it is him taking two seconds to say, "Thanks, God." Yeah, I don't think it's about him trying to uh, be a good Christian or better or to show up the defense like God's on my side. Like you know, there's there's an SNL snl skit from back when he was on the broncos when they made it to the playoffs where they're in the locker room and then god comes to visit and you know tim tebow's super excited to meet jesus and he's freaking out and then they ask who they're playing next week and it's like the patriots he goes oh good luck with that and it's a really funny skit but it's kind of playing on the tim tebow is better than other christians because he's got like a direct line to god and all this stuff and i genuinely don't think that's what he's trying to communicate in those two seconds i i I think it's just a genuine thank you for letting me not have my head crushed in thanks for letting me score a touchdown like that's what i think um and so i don't think that's a bad thing because i think the motivation again without knowing tim personally yeah just based on who he has portrayed himself to be over the last gosh eight years yeah. since he kind of came on as a freshman at um, Florida maybe even ten years now I think it's about ten yeah. um, since he first came on the scene I could think he's about my age I think he might be a year younger than I am um, everything that he has portrayed is that he just has a genuine love for God yeah yeah uh, so I don't think it's a bad thing and I think that, that that God can be honored in that. I don't think he's doing it like it says in the scripture the Pharisees they want to be on the corner to be heard. Right. So that people look at them and go, "Ooh, yeah. That's a holy person." Yeah. But that's my take.
1: Yeah, and I that was that was actually my answer to this person was, I think it, it is a a genuine response to being thankful for what God has done for him and I don't think I don't think it because uh, the other thing is sometimes I think those things get associated with superstitions or good luck. And like you said, kind of being a, a God's favorite or, or making sure that he blesses him in the same way the next time. I think it's a genuine thank you for what has happened. I'm acknowledging you. And I get, you know, I, I even think he has that element of I get the fact that I am only here because you're allowing me to be here. And it could be gone tomorrow, which... In some ways for him it was, yes. because
0: there's (laughs) there's only ever, at any one moment in time, there's only ever 32 people on the planet that can say, I'm a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right. Regardless of what day of the year it is, there's only 32 people on the entire planet that can say, I'm a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think he understood how um, rare it is to be able to say that and to be able to do what he loved doing. Um, You know, it wasn't a long run. He's got another shot theoretically in yes. Philadelphia.
1: Never know. He's
0: not <laughs> I will, know. You know. <laughs> I will I will be as bold as to say he if Tim Tebow ever starts a game for the Philadelphia Eagles, it'll be because Bradford and Sanchez right. both have broken legs. <laughs> uh I I hope that he makes the roster. Just because he's sure. a he's a likable uh, yeah. he's a likable guy and you know, you want someone that's that outspoken for Christ in a public position like that, and the good that he would be able to do and it's not just The only reason we're we're isolating Tebow is because of the question. Right. There are many other... Yes, this is true. uh, Strong Christian men in the NFL that are doing great things uh, in the community, in the locker room, with their team's families. And um, Russell Wilson comes to mind. Um, And there are a lot of people that are Christians in the NFL that aren't outspoken but are still doing great things behind the scenes that we have no idea about. And that's just as okay. Um, So we don't want to single out tebow as like the nfl christian is just this was the question was about him
1: so yeah and the other thing is is i would say i am you know as awesome as it would be to be a starting quarterback in the nfl i'm also very grateful that i'm not living out my faith in front of millions of people where when you talk about prayer my actions is something that somebody thinks about to ask the question about because personally, I wouldn't want to be scrutinized the way he has probably been scrutinized um, for his what he has done. So, uh, yeah, I think um, nod to him that you know he's a class act, and I uh, think he he I, I truly believe he tries to bring glory to God and honor Him mm-hmm. through all those kind of things. And I'd say, you know, for what it's worth, I know we're not supposed to judge. I think he's done a good job. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that, yeah, that was the question that I had uh, from somebody this week.
0: All right. Well, let's, um, we started talking about a question at the end of last episode that um, we might want to spend a little more time on today before we go in. And the question was, if God already knows what we're going to ask him, why do we have to ask? And... I think, I think it's a legitimate question.
1: Well, I think it's a very legitimate question.
0: And I just, I don't know, do you have more that you want to share than, than you did last week, or do you want me to kind of maybe share my thoughts? You can
1: go that? ahead and share yours, and I'll just uh, piggyback off that. Okay. Um,
0: this is something that that I have wrestled with for a long time. Um. And I have flip-flopped my stance on it multiple times to the point where I've held both positions of yes, I should ask God, even though He already knows it. To no, I don't need to because He already like I've flip-flopped from side to side multiple times as I've uh, grown up and as I've thought about it more, as I've learned more. Um, and I think it's a, it's a one of the trickier um, or mysterious things about prayer. Um, besides the whole fact that we're talking to God, which is just like, <laughs> if you really honestly think about it, it can be kind of mind-numbing to think that the creator of the universe, I just have free access to be like, hey God, what's up? Yeah, Here's what I'm dealing with. Also, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like that in and, of, in and of itself, I think is enough to, I don't know if scare is the right word, but kind of can freak you out a little bit maybe. Um, and so I, I guess where I'm at today is that if like my wife knows certain things about me, right? She knows that I'm an introvert. She knows that I love chips and salsa. She knows that I'm a soccer freak. Like she knows all of these things about me, but that, that knowledge doesn't prevent her from saying, Hey, would you like me to bring home your favorite salsa? She knows the answer is going to be Yes. Every time. Yes, 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 yes. But she asks me because we're in a relationship with each other, and it shows that she's thinking about me, that she recognizes the things that I enjoy, and that she wants to provide those things for me when she can. Yeah. And it's not a self-serving thing. It's not like, oh, I'm going to ask Cam if he wants his favorite salsa. Like, whoo, look at me, wife of the year. (laughs) That's not... It's a genuine, hey, I'm at the store. I know you really like this. Let me take the two minutes to talk to you about it and, and get it for you and and so i kind of think in the same way with our relationship with with god like he knows my sin he knows my failure he knows my skills he knows the desires of my heart but because we're in a relationship with him and because he wants to know us and he wants us to know him we have to bring that to him not not in spite of the fact that he already knows but as sort of a uh an offer of good faith and like, I know you already know this, but I still want to tell you this Mm -hmm. because it's important for me to communicate to you what I'm feeling, what I'm struggling with, what I'm enjoying. And that interaction in that conversation and that confession is what builds stronger relationships. You know, I would be just, I I would be happy if my wife would bring me home the salsa and surprise me, but it also like, it's nice when she's like, hey, do you want me to get that for you? Because Mm -hmm. I know she's thinking about me. I know that she's trying to communicate her love for me in a very simple way. Um, And so that's kind of where I land on this, is that me bringing these things to God and asking him these things is an opportunity for our relationship to grow stronger and to increase communication, Mm -hmm. which is always a good thing, I think.
1: So I guess ultimately then what I ask is because... I think that's pretty, you know, everybody's like, I think you can get your brain behind that pretty easy. Okay, yeah. God wants us to be in a relationship with him. and As a result of that relationship, we need to pray because that's how we communicate with him. So does that change God's mind? Does that change whether he acts or doesn't act? Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the harder question to answer. Is whether it, does it does it sway God? Does Is mm-hmm. he influenced by those prayers?
0: Well, you touched on that last week, didn't you? I
1: don't know. Did I?
0: Well, I, we had a conversation
1: about it. I just don't remember if it was on
0: the microphone or not. Because we brought up, like, Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. And, you know, Abraham praying on Lot's behalf. And right. if there are so many people, um, and there are, uh, see, now I'm drawing a blank. I'm trying to think of other instances in the scripture where, um people have have prayed to god and god has said okay i won't do that um or i will do that and t- obviously the one that comes to mind is, is when abraham is, is petitioning god on, on lots behalf because he doesn't want his family member to mm-hmm. die um i'm sure there are
1: others and, and even think. in that he bargains like he he yeah. says one thing and god says okay yeah i'll do that and then he kind of goes okay well not 20 people but How 10 about, people yeah. and you know whittles it down to even one so yeah, I, I guess. Oh, the other one is um,
0: Moses, consistently saying like, "Not me, can't do it," and god's finally like, "Okay, I'll give you Aaron. Aaron will speak <laughs> speak for you." Like, let's just move on and get to what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think it's much easier in hindsight to say, "Oh yeah, that prayer swayed God."
1: But it's for, harder.
0: Because we have the scripture that tells us right. this is what God was thinking and then, and then this person did this or mm-hmm. said this or prayed that. And then, In my lifetime, I don't know if I'm ever going to know, if I'm ever going to ha- kind of have the, the proof that God was going to do A, but because I or my wife or one of our friends or family prayed, God chose to do B. I don't think we're ever going to know that. And if we ever do know it, it won't be until we get to heaven. Right. And even that's like, I don't think God owes us a, well, let me tell you, on March 12th of 1994, when you were just a little seven-year-old boy, (laughs) you prayed this, and this all was going to happen, but because you prayed this, I decided to do that. God doesn't owe me that. I mean, it'd be really cool to know that, I think, just because, but I don't know if I'm ever going to have the hard proof like scripture offers right to the insights of what God would or wouldn't do based on.
1: I I had a very interesting uh, situation with my best friend in high school. And this is like, this is, this is like a, such a random, like I, I think I've gotten to the point in my life now where I'm so cynical. I wouldn't do this now, mm-hmm. but at the time in my life um, I was so, I believed it and I was so fresh in my faith that I didn't think twice about doing it. And it's almost kind of funny on on how trivial it is, but I believe it's had an impact on me and my best friend since then. Uh, We were somewhere like at a mall or something where there was literally like you threw a coin up and over something and if the coin landed, and I can't even tell you the exact details of this, but if the coin landed in something, then you won a prize. And it was something simple like a two liter of Coke or something like that totally worth a quarter <laughs> so yeah well especially in 1987 which is probably when this heaven 88 so mm, so, so so literally i i went over doing it and, and my friend ken i can't remember exactly what the conversation was but i said i'm gonna get it in watch because i'm gonna pray before i do it and so i was like okay god I, i'm praying that this quarter goes in throw the quarter over and it lands in there and i win the two liter of coke And my friend is like, okay, whatever, you know, lucky, (laughs) lucky whatever. And I said, okay, you pray and ask God for the quarter to go in. And so he throws quarter over and it goes in and he wins a two liter. And it is just like, like I said, at that point, I so believed and I was so innocent and so genuine in my faith that I think God showed up and that was a direct result of uh, him honoring my heart and my prayer. And, and really, I I don't even want to even remotely make this sound like this is about me because it it, it just was and to this day, we still talk about that. And, uh, he knows that prayer is a big part of my life and we've been in situations where bad things will happen. And he'll even say, it's okay. Dave's praying or something like that. Um, so I, I I guess I do truly believe that God uh, intervenes um, on a human level when we pray. And I know that's such a simple uh, kind of example of, of of an answer to prayer. And some people are probably like, well, why would God care about you getting a quarter? And again, I think it was just an affirmation of my faith. It was a chance to witness to my friend and affirmed to both of us that he does answer prayer. And um it was just a very unique tangible uh, moment that i will probably never ever forget and probably when i am praying for things need to remember uh and this was something i've read about prayer and i don't even know who to attribute it to but i think there's there's some truth to this in that you know we don't like to pray for the little things uh and really in the whole scheme of human existence and the world and eternity and god everything's it's everything's little <laughs> you know so yeah so it's like you know we think okay we can pray for healing of cancer we can pray for you know somebody getting a job or something like that but we shouldn't pray for the little things but really everything's a yeah. little uh, it's easy for him to to answer those prayers so I don't know that's a long winded answer again but uh, very very tangible concrete experience that I had and I'm and I'm thankful for that
0: definitely uh, I think to maybe conclude our our follow up section here Um, i wanted to read two little quotes um from a book called with with christ in the school of prayer by andrew murray uh andrew murray was a uh pastor uh in south africa which i would not have guessed yeah i thought he was british until i (laughs) I read the back of the book Uh, he's from south africa but it said nearly seven decades of active ministry that's impressive that's insane. <laughs> almost 70 years. Yeah. You start young and you just go, 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 go until you drop. I mean, that's pretty much. So he, uh, he was born in 1828, died in 1917. So he's, uh, he's been uh, dead for almost 100 years. Um, but the book, With Christ and the School of Prayer, is uh, a book that I kind of forgot that I had. I bought it a while ago. Uh, probably like two years ago, and just put it on my shelf. It's like, I'll read that when I get to it. Like I do with all the books that I buy. Well, you got to it. Well, I got to it, but <laughs> I haven't read it all. I just kind of read um, the portions that cover uh, last week's episode's text mm-hmm. and then this week's, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and In talking about um, praying in secret, he says this, uh, The first thing the Lord teaches his disciples is that they must have a secret place for prayer. Everyone must have some solitary spot where he or she can be alone with his God. Every teacher must have a schoolroom. Uh, we have learned to know and accept Jesus as our only teacher in the school of prayer. He has already taught us at Samaria that worship is no longer confined to times and places, that worship, spiritual true worship, is a thing of the spirit and the life. The whole man must, in his whole life, be worship in spirit and truth. And yet he wants each one to choose for himself the fixed spot where he can daily meet with God. That inner chamber, that solitary place is Jesus's schoolroom or Jesus. And then that's the end of the quote, but the tie in there is that if every teacher has to have a schoolroom, the one where Jesus is teaching us and is when we go meet in solitary prayer. And I never really thought of it that way before where where I'm going to meet with God when I go meet with God in that that private place whether it's my bedroom my bathroom my car before I go into work uh, wherever it may be at the breakfast table um, that is the spot where where God is meeting me the creative universe is meeting me in space and time and is teaching me Mm -hmm. and is molding me and is uh, changing me hopefully yes to be more like him. And I never thought of it as like going to God's schoolroom.
1: Right. Well, and I think, you know, implicit in that, which we often miss is that you have to learn how to pray, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think as little kids, you know, uh, we kind of are pretty willing and accepting to do that. And it's, it's, um, I, I, I don't know if ever for a sinful person, it's natural, but we don't question it where we welcome it. And I think as we get older, we get cynical and, um a little bit skeptical and you know maybe we've been hurt or you know jaded by whatever and I think that um, you have to learn how to pray and I would I'm willing to bet that you know uh, Murray who had 70 years of ministry uh, probably never stopped learning you know he probably was constantly discovering new things about God and who he is and the gift of prayer and what happens in prayer and um so yeah so i i think that's an encouragement to all of us of just it it may not just happen the first time or the first few times that you pray but that we are learning uh, how to do it and how to be effective and i know i've been challenged by a lot of things as we've been looking at the um um not necessarily talking about it on the podcast but I've been reading about the, um, the Lord's Prayer here for a couple weeks now and, and just had some of those moments of hadn't thought about that that way or, or whatever. So, yeah, definitely.
0: And then the, the last quote uh, is something that really stuck out to me and I'll, I'll explain why after I read it. But it says, Just because your heart is cold and prayerless, get into the presence of the loving Father. Do not be thinking of how little you have to bring to God of how much he wants to give you and i think a lot of the time when i really need to pray when i need to go before god and confess and um and meet with him i am i'm too ashamed to do so i am too caught up in my sin and the guilt that i feel and the inadequacy that i feel before god to even say i need to go pray i'm like ah i'm not i'm not good enough to go bring this to god i'm too ashamed i'm too mad at myself i'm too guilt-ridden to pray and murray's saying it's like forget that leave that crap behind it is not about what you bring to the prayer but it's all about what god brings and his love and his acceptance and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy to come meet with you in spite of all that and to say do not do not let your sin prevent you from coming to God. Let your sin drive you to God. Mm-hmm. Let let the, the guilt and the anger and the shame that you feel over your own sin drive you to the throne because the only place that's going to relieve you of that guilt and that shame is in the loving embrace of God when he says, I've got it covered. Um, and I... That stuck out great, greatly to me just because I know my own um, bent for letting one sin turn into a snowball, of just preventing me from coming back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just a quote that I really kind of hung on to. It's like, it's really, yeah, I screwed up, yes. Yeah. But I should not let that prevent me from the grace that God has for me. And I think that's exactly what Satan wants me to do. <laughs> yeah. Because he sucks.
1: <laughs> yes, he does.
0: All right, well, before we jump into our topic for today, um, we want to let you know that you can find all of the stuff that we've talked about so far. We'll have links to all the scripture, um, all the different things. Uh, we'll have a link to the book. We'll even have a link to that SNL skit because it's really funny. It's a little <laughs> It's a little sacrilegious, but it's still really funny. Um, uh, Tim Tebow and God and
1: the Broncos and I, you know, I still think there's like there's just, you know, nuggets of truth in there of you know, our God's a big God and he can it's kind really of... really funny. Jason has yeah.
0: plays Jesus. <laughs>
1: it's
0: quite good. <laughs> uh, anyhow, a Kansas we'll... guy. Mm, exactly. Uh, we will have uh all the the links and all the stuff that we talk about on our show notes, which you can find at masterclassfm.com/slash/masterclass/slash. 13, because this is episode 13, so it all makes sense. Yep. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at MasterclassFM. Uh, You can find Dave at 108HBO. That's T-E-N, the number eight, the letters H-B-O. And I'm at Cam Brennan. If you want to email us, which would be super cool, we don't get much email. (laughs) So even if you just email us to say hi, you can email us at MasterclassFM at gmail.com. All right, that's it for the mid-episode break. Dave, would you read our very, very long text for
1: today, please? Sure. Um, Matthew 6, uh, 9 and 10, actually. So uh, they asked Jesus about prayer, and this is uh, what he says. Prayer then is like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Yep. That took a really long time. It did. <laughs> now, I, I will say this, that, you know, um, had pretty much, I, I grew up in church, you know, I uh, have heard the prayer a lot. Sometimes it's forgive us our trespasses. Sometimes it's forgive us our debts. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Um, and, I you know, and I've even read the Sermon on the Mount and all that kind of stuff. Um, the movie, The Son of God, I think it came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia, my daughter, um, is, um, she, she's good about, uh, bringing those videos to our attention, but we watched the son of God. And I had one of those just like aha moments, uh, watching this because in that movie, when they get to the sermon on the Mount and Jesus is talking and he he talks about how they should pray when they get to the Lord's prayer. And I know this is going to sound so stupid because it's like, no, duh. But when they get to the Lord's prayer, he bows his head and he starts to pray. And that was such a like, oh, yeah, he wasn't standing behind a pulpit preaching. This is how you should pray. Mm-hmm. He did it. And I just was like, I, I, I never really put it in that mind frame for me. And it was even I, I'm going to give I don't remember who the actor was that did it. But it, he truly does a good job of that sounds like a prayer. Mm-hmm. And we're so used to hearing our father who art in heaven hallowed kind of be hallowed be thy name where it's in that, 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 that cadence that comes about when we're collectively reading scripture together, we're praying mm-hmm. together. And it just was this, he bows his head and he, st- he starts to pray. And it just was like, wow, I have not always, uh, never have I really truly thought about Jesus bowing his head and praying this as an example. And I think it, it, uh, you know, um, as canned as it can be to me sometimes, I think I assumed that Jesus kind of gave this canned sort of message. And uh, I think it was a true, he bowed his head and prayed from his heart. And that is what he shared with them. So maybe everybody listening is going, well, no duh, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, a, it was a good image uh, for me to kind of redirect how I view the Lord's Prayer.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's easy to dehumanize a lot of what Jesus said and did because we're just reading it in a book. Um, but I think any time that we can gain an insight into, no, this is actually a dude that was alive. That actually said these words and this is how he said i think that's it's always a good um opportunity for us to remember the reality of the situation like jesus actually taught real human beings in a real place in israel like this is how you should pray so I think it's a that's a good reminder. I don't think you're crazy, Dave.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: All right. So, in verse nine, Jesus addresses God as Father. And this might seem like a basic question, but what implication does this have for us that are in Christ? When when Christ is when Jesus is referring to God as Father, what does that mean for Christians?
1: Um, you know, I'll I'll go back to a lot of the conversations that we've just had, um, since starting the Sermon on the Mount, well, since we started the podcast of just, I, I think he's shattering what people's notion of who God is. And, you know, um, that we can approach, um, God as a father. And I, I may be ignorant when I'm saying this, but in my head, I'm wanting to say, he said, Abba. Abba Father, which is basically the casual form of father. It's more like daddy than than father. Ooh. Do
0: you want, me to, you want me to tell you what I read?
1: Yeah, you have more wisdom <laughs> here on this than I do. Uh,
0: so yeah, so the Greek word is pater and the Aramaic word is, is Abba. Um, what I have read is that while daddy is... You know, it's the word that children use to call their fathers, but it's also the same word that adults would use to address their own fathers. So it'd be like, you know, if Willie were to call you Dad or Daddy, mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to call your grown father Daddy.
1: No, it's, right. That, and is so true. it's
0: it's it, it's the same word used in both contexts, whether it's child
1: to or an adult, a,
0: a, to a dad or an adult son to a much older adult father. So, what I read, and this is clearly someone's opinion was that using the term daddy could possibly be irreverent. And I think it was like their way to kind of like slide it. It was an ESV study Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was one of the editor's way to say, I don't think God should be called daddy, so I'm going to... And, and it's based on linguistic study, but... Sure. He also added the part about it being irreverent, it, which it, is <laughs> not part of the linguistic study. That's yeah. someone's opinion on it. Um frankly i have i don't think it's irreverent or i don't either to call god daddy i think it's a term of affection not a term of um immaturity or irreverence
1: yeah i think so. it's and again i think it comes back to a lot of what we talk about what's the condition of the heart why are mm-hmm. you coming to him and so you know i think regardless of whatever you know we're going from kind of a perspective of god is you know the burning bush and you know the mo- power of smoke the, and yeah. fire and yeah you know and this this god of uh I don't want to I'll put this on me I guess you think of old testament you think fire you know brimstone uh a vengeful god which I do believe he is I don't think I think god is a vengeful god because he has a right to be a vengeful god uh but sort of breaking that that barrier down of saying you need to think of of God as your heavenly father who you can approach, uh, with, um, the desires of your heart, because, um, you know, I think, um, I would approach the way I would make the request of my dad, um, differently than the way I would make the request of an authority figure, um, you know, like a king, uh, or something like that. So I think that's, I think that is very much what is just saying here is that, um, he wants to uh, us to approach him like a father. And um, that's another thing that's just hard for me to get my brain around, but I truly believe in the whole Trinity and the relationship that's going on there. Jesus has that type of relationship with God. He is the son mm-hmm. and has that sort of looking at God as his dad, as his father. And he is now saying it's not just for me, but it's for all of you as well. And um, that should change the way you come into his presence. So that was my my take on it. And, I, and again, I don't believe it removes any um, reverence for who he is by doing that.
0: Yeah, there's a... Um Another quote from uh, Murray's book says, to appreciate this word of adoration and meaning addressing God as father, uh, I must remember that none of the saints had had in scripture ever ventured to address God as their father. Not exactly true. It's implied quite a bit in the Old Testament, but no one comes out and says God is my father. But it's implied in the Psalms and Jeremiah and a few other places that he has that sort of relationship, but it's never stated as boldly as Jesus does. Right. So, leaving that aside, the quote continues. (laughs) The invocation places us at once in the center of the wonderful revelation the Son came to make of his Father as our Father too. The knowledge of God's Father love is the first and simplest, but also the last and highest lesson in the school of prayer. It is in the knowledge of God's fatherliness revealed by the Holy Spirit that the power of prayer will be found to root and grow. And so I guess what What I think Murray's getting at here is that, um, uh, prayer is effective and powerful and true because of the relationship that God has established with us through Christ, and that being of father and child. And so that, that communication, that relationship, that reliance upon him as the provider and as the fatherly figure, um... All of that 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 prayer encompasses is is solely based on the fact that God has declared us His child. We have been adopted into His family, as numerous you know mm-hmm. passages in Scripture um, extrapolate upon that that prayer is real and active because God has claimed us as His own, and He wants to be the Father. Um, like the ultimate father for us. Yep. And so it's it's one thing, like you said, to address a king or, you know, someone who doesn't have, who who is powerful by their authority uh, or by their position. But you know well that you're, you know, you're the servant, they're the king. And, you know, God is obviously the king of kings and the ruler of the entire universe. But he he sets aside, I shouldn't say he sets aside he, he fully fulfills that position, but he also says, more importantly, I am all of that. I am the king of kings. I am the ruler. I am the creator of all. Everyone shall bow to me. Right. But at the same time, I'm also your father. Yeah. And um, I think that's an incredibly um, powerful differentiator between the God of the Bible and any other just text on the planet yeah um.
1: well and that's I think about you know when my kids come to me and ask me a question I you know I they 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 ask me it because they I think they think I can answer it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not just I can answer it but I can answer it because I care for them and I love for them and that it's just such a different way you would make that request versus the way you would ask a boss or ask somebody in authority, and, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I think there's probably, a, there, there are certain things that my kids will ask of me, where they probably are like, well, dad will probably say no, or mom will say no, um, but they still, they still ask it. They still make that request, and they, um, I assume there's a possibility that they don't ask some things because of that, but I would venture to guess that my children tend to lean towards I'm going to take that chance and I'm going to ask it anyway. And I think that's what he wants of us.
0: Alright. Uh, next question. What does hallowed mean? Or hallowed depending upon your personal opinion. Uh, what does it mean and why is it important? In this context I should say.
1: Um, hallowed means holy. Which I did know even though you have have that in our notes here. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And, and so I, you know, um, I think that is consistent throughout scripture. God's name is holy. And, um, I, I think we need to, um, that needs to be taken seriously. It needs to be taken to heart that God's name is holy. And, um, As we pray, um, similar to, um, you know, when you t- when you look at the Ten Commandments, the first two commandments in 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 the Ten Commandments really deal with God and who He is, and I think that's central to this theme here. And, uh, you know, um, He is God. He is the Creator of the universe. Um, he doesn't have to be humble. He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't have to, you know, die to self. He doesn't have to, you know, he is God. And so um, we need to remember his name and we need to keep it holy. And I think central to the way we pray to him is acknowledging him first, which personally, I'll just confess real quick. I don't always start with God. You're holy. You're awesome. Hallowed be your name. I think I start with, I want this. I'm worried about this pray for this you know even maybe praying for somebody else i don't always start with him and again um the creator of the universe god has the right um and just intrinsic of 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 who he is we need to hold his name with reverence and acknowledge that in our prayer
0: yeah i think um to kind of maybe cut out the next question um That sort of importance and reverence is proven by the place in the prayer. You know, when God says, pray like this, or Jesus says in prayer like this, the first thing is, God, let your name be holy. Let it be revered. Let it it have the place and the power and the reverence that it's due. Um, You know, if you look at it, you know, your name, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. The first, all that we're covering in today's episode is all about God and who he is and what he is about and what he wants to accomplish before it ever even gets to, oh, and give us our daily bread and let us forgive those. And so the the first whole half of the prayer is focused on on God, on, on his holiness, on his sovereignty. And I think it's an important thing for us to remember. Like you said, I'm the same way oh my gosh, God, this, that, and the other thing, and this, that, uh, and I need this, and I want that, and I'm going, Apple Watch, please, <laughs> and okay, see you later, I gotta go. Uh, that's like 90% of the stuff that I, or how, you know, my prayers go, and i just like, man, I read this, I'm just like, oh man, you know, epic fail. Yes. I don't, I don't nearly, um, it's not that I don't believe it, I just, My prayer habits have been, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good about thanking God in my prayer, like God, thank you for this, thank you for that. Um, But it's a concerted effort for me to do that. Yeah. As opposed to just jumping into the what I want, what I need um, situations, it's it's very much harder for me to sit and pray and say, God, you are holy. You know, you are mighty. You are you are majestic. Like all of, and just kind of like proclaiming God's. Character traits back to him and thing it's very unnatural for me and I find it rather uncomfortable actually because I just feel weird you know like I, I would never have a conversation with you and be like oh Dave your hair is <laughs> your hair is so brown and your shirt great. is so Arkansas and like, that's not that's not a normal conversation with no a and, and great no we don't and and God is. Talking with God is not a normal conversation with another person, but at the same time it's not it's something that is very um unique to prayer and to a relationship with God is is that aspect of, you know, you know, and you read the Psalms and it seems kind of natural there. Oh, you know, may yeah. may your enemies be trampled under your feet in, in that poetic, like right. old world style of writing, you're like, Oh, that fits, but it's like I don't know if I can LOL in a prayer. (laughs) Yeah. It just, it's hard for me to to go there and I don't want it to be, but it's also, like you said, it's one of the things I have to learn
1: to do. Well, and I'll even say this. If you don't know what to pray, you pray these two verses, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, in and of itself, I'm going to say is adequate. If we prayed that and only that, I'm willing to say that's enough. And it's for me personally, I could probably pray those two things and have that, have that be a better prayer (laughs) than anything i also ever pray. And even as I'm saying that, I'm like, you know what? I wonder what, what the, what, uh, my relationship with him would be like if I spent some time, um, having my prayers be nothing but that those two verses right there because it's everything you need god you're awesome hallowed be your name you are holy holy is even better than awesome Mm -hmm. you're holy you're complete you're perfect there's there's no imperfections of you and i know we're going to get into this in a second but your will your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven i mean your will be done on earth as it is in heaven covers every request we have it is that complete everything that i could ever need ever want ever mm-hmm. pray for healing material need anxiety anything is summed up by your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven
0: yeah it's it's as someone who enjoys writing and thinks they're okay at it, it's incredibly frustrating when you read something and you're like oh my gosh someone has in one sentence completely summed up every possible thing that i'd ever want to say yeah like it's 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 a beautiful summation of what our deepest desire should be yeah. in such a concise i mean it's it's like it's like the perfect sentence if you think about it <laughs> you know what i mean and that's so frustrating as a writer i'm just like why can't i come up with that um but it's so good and not that we were talking about it but if i were ever to get a tattoo the one and and it's not that i think tattoos are bad i just don't know what i want on my body for the rest of my life (laughs) like i can't even settle on a beard (laughs) you know um but if i were ever to get a tattoo it would be it would be um i thought about getting it as like written around my wrist as like a like a bracelet type of thing your kingdom done, your will be done on both hands or both wrists. But I don't have the <laughs> the guts to go forward with it. Because I would be like, oh I chose the wrong font. I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I go with this one? But anyhow. Alright, Dave, a real simple question for you here. Shouldn't mm-hmm. take you more than maybe three words to answer. Okay. What is God's kingdom?
1: <laughs> what is god's kingdom
0: and why should we pray for it to come here as it is in heaven also very simple yeah question
1: um you know and that's one of those ones of i, I don't even know that i'm going to answer because um i and i will find this for you to put on the website on our on our uh, note the show notes because dallas willard has that definition of the range of his effective will. Is that what it is? The range of his effective will. Mm-hmm. So that's the kingdom of God, is the range of his effective will. Which sense. is everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think that, again, I wish, you know, wish I had Dallas Willard's mind. Um, but I think, that is a, I think that is a great definition. The range of God's effective will. See, I need to remember that
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that is, that. Is, I mean, that's, I mean, it's accurate. It's not just, it's not just clever. It's not just like, I think that is something that, that he, he says that because he has studied it. He mm-hmm. has spent time with God and has molded over that concept. And, um, I think that is a great answer. So,
0: so if, if God's kingdom is the range of his effective will, which essentially means what God, the, the places or the area where what God wants done is done. Mm-hmm. That's like the layman's right term. Um, if that is the, if that is what God's kingdom is, why should we pray for it to come here on earth as it is in heaven? And this may seem like a very basic question, but I think it's a very important one to have a proper understanding of.
1: I and I don't know if this is what you're going for, or if it's even right, but um, because God, God, even though He's God. He doesn't he doesn't force himself. He doesn't go where he's not invited. So I think there's 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 you know, he's God. So ultimately yes, he his will is done and he will handle those things. But I think there's an element of he doesn't always force himself on people. He doesn't go where he's not invited. And so there is that element of God, I want you in my life and I want you to have that influence over my life. Uh, I want you to have that influence over the, um, you know, my egocentric. This is what my world consists of, mm-hmm. <laughs> my focus. I want you to have control over it, um, because I I do think there is that element of, if people don't want God in their life, to a certain degree, He goes, okay, fine. I'll I'll stay out of your business. That's that is your decision, to not have me. So. I think asking for it invites him to be present there.
0: You added a fun little question to the show notes.
1: <laughs> Does the
0: timing of the second coming of Jesus have anything to do with us praying for it?
1: Because I think I think that because sometimes isn't do you not agree that sometimes praying for um, thy kingdom come that will be done, that's what that. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the only thing that is being said there in terms of that, that prayer. Mm-hmm. But I think there is that, um, uh, underlying, you know, your, that kingdom come, they will be done on earth as it's in heaven. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that one. <laughs> uh, but my, my my thought is, again, um, our prayers do influence him. And um, I think praying for his second coming can be, oh, the word that's coming to my mind is chastened. Is that the right use of that word, chastened? Hastened? Chastened? What am I thinking here? Whoa. What is it to, to expedite something? To- hasten? Hasten is that the word to speed it up? To yeah. speed it up. Okay, yeah. so what's why? So okay, yeah, okay. Now I got my words correct. Hasten is like Chasen, being yes, 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 yes,
0: yes. <laughs> like a very old school way. Yes, to say exactly. Punished. So chastened by my father. So
1: hastened is the word I'm looking yes, for. Yes, hastened. no C. So I'm willing to admit my ignorance. Um, so yeah, so hastening the 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 movement of God, and um, I believe should everybody on Earth suddenly decide, oh, we need to pray for this it would expedite it. I, I, Well,
0: because I think if everyone on the face right. of the earth is praying to God, he's which like, came,
1: all right, mission accomplished, folks. Which came <laughs> first, the chicken or the egg, you know, so. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying here is it's God is, God, God, came, God first, came first, first. So I think the chicken was first.
0: Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I mean, God if created. If we believe Genesis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What was okay. going through Adam's head when he was looking at all these funny-looking animals and naming them?
1: Yeah, because Genesis portrays it as such a okay. God presented with this, and he called it that. Whereas if it was me, I'd be like, I don't know. I, you know, the first five or six were easy, but I'm, <laughs> I'm running, out of, I'm ideas running <laughs> out of ideas here. So <laughs> I just I want to be there
0: when you know he's had like gecko, frog. Chicken, gerbil, Siberian tiger—like I want to see his face when the first animal's like that could tear him to shreds pops up. You know, because the other ones are all harmless, and then it's like and grizzly bear. Like (laughs) (laughs) I want to see what his reaction was when this, you know, enormous animal with claws and fangs and a roar to instill fear showed up. Yeah, I just think that'd be really kind of a that would be a good SNL skit. It would be. Or, you know, skit guys if we want to stay in the
1: Christian realm. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm assuming that he had things like saber-toothed tigers because they clearly existed. And Velociraptors. And Velociraptors <laughs> and T-Rex. And, oh, so. my goodness.
0: Yeah, that would... It, it, that's one of those you're just like, how long did it take him? Did he really name every single animal? Like what? Was, I know.
1: What was the range
0: of... Because if I mean,
1: because there was I, like I believe there was probably a dog. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure we, he had German shepherds and no, I, a because lot of those, those are
0: species yeah. were were crossbred right. between other species to make their own.
1: So for him, it was okay. That's a dog, and that's a cat. He didn't mm-hmm. have to. Well, there aren't really. I guess there are cat breeds, but
0: there are. But yeah, it's like you know, uh, Great Dane is um, bull mastiff and uh, greyhound mixed okay. together. But, but Great Dane has become its own species. Right. But it was crossbred between two other dogs yeah. to make one. Yes. And the only reason I know that is because my dog is half Great Dane. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Lab Great Dane. That's why he's got such that a makes sense. Skinny little waist. <laughs> but no one cares about that. No. All right. Um, do we want to do this last question, or do we want to?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna vote that we or are at not. a good stopping point right. and kind of.
0: Well, that's episode 13 then
1: that is episode 13
0: all right well if you want to get in touch with us which we would really really love we love having conversations with people and and we have friends and family that let us know that they're listening and they're enjoying it um but if you're not family or you're not someone that's in regular contact with us we'd love to hear from you just to get to know you and say hi and and, and thank you for listening in person as opposed to just telling you through an episode Um, so if you wanted to get in touch with us uh, on twitter it's at masterclassfm you can leave a comment on any of our uh, web pages on our uh, on our website which is masterclassfm.com or you can shoot us an email at uh, masterclassfm at gmail.com we'd really love to hear from you um, and just introduce ourselves and get to know you and and, you know build build some new friendships yes because uh, you know it's we do this for fun and we want to meet new people. And if people are listening, we would just love to be able to say thank you personally. So, um, we hope you guys are doing well. And we hope when you hear this episode that, um, you learn something about God, not necessarily because we're smart or special. Cause no, nope. we're just, <laughs> we're <normal>. not, <laughs> we're just normal dudes. Um, but, but God tends to work through normal people quite a bit. So, uh, Yeah, that's it, I guess. That would be it. All right, well, you guys have uh, a nice rest of whatever this day holds for you.
1: Yeah, because that's one of the things I have learned is that people don't necessarily listen to these. So, like, somebody could be listening to this, and it could be July of 2015. And And they're probably really sweaty. There, it's hot, so.
0: (laughs) All right, well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys have a lovely rest of your day or evening, and God bless. God bless. Goodbye. Bye.